Welcome to IOM3 Investigates, the podcast series of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. We are one of the UK's major science and engineering institutions and our activities are focused on the promotion and development of all aspects of the materials cycle. These include the science, design, engineering and technology of materials, minerals and mining and their practical applications. We facilitate qualifications, professional recognition and development, share knowledge and provide networking services to a global membership and wider community. We hope you enjoy our podcast series. All right, welcome to this uh, podcast hosted by the Student and Early Career Committee, the SECC, SECC of the Institute of Materials, Minerals and Mining. My name is Dr. Ilya Rashwich. I am the current vice chair of the SECC, and I'm really happy to host this podcast today on taking your career to the next level. We've got three brilliant guests all former chairs of the Institute's Student and Early Career Committee, or as it was once known, the Younger Members Committee. So we have Dr. Kate Thornton, um, who's currently Senior Vice President of IOM3 and a Lead Research Scientist at Croda, a specialty chemicals company. She was the chair of uh, the SECC from 2016 to 17. We also have Dr. Sam Crutchley, Associate Professor of Materials Education and Head of Education at the School of Metallurgy and Materials at the University of Birmingham. He currently sits on the Accreditation and Professional Formation Committee of IOM3 and was the chair of the SECC from 2018 to 19. And finally, we have Martin Jones. He is the chair of the Members Board of IOM3 and is currently team leader in services research and technology and global process owner for powder technologies at Rolls-Royce. He was the previous SECC chair from 2020 to 2021. Thank you all three of you for joining. So I think we'll just start if maybe each of you could just give an overview of what your current role is and what it involves, and then we'll get into how you actually got into um, material science. So Kate, maybe if we could start with you, please. Thank you, Leo, and thank you for that lovely introduction. So as you rightly pointed out, I'm currently lead research scientist at Croda. Croda have many different divisions, and I work within the personal care division, predominantly producing a range of different biopolymers for conditioners, um, shampoos, and we've recently got into more home care and crop care areas. Very nice. How about you, Sam? Oh, thank you for the introduction. So I'm an associate professor and head of education within within the School of uh, Metallurgy and Materials, which means I'm responsible for all the education that goes on within the school. So I'm responsible for the degree programs of nuclear engineering, aerospace engineering and material science uh, and engineering. Uh, and so I'm responsible for the delivery, uh, the curriculum development, accreditation, all those kind of aspects of that, alongside the day job of teaching multiple lectures, uh, supervising PhD students, conducting research and other other things. Thanks, Sam. Martin? Yeah, thanks, Ali, for the introduction. So, as you say, I'm Martin Jones, so the team leader for the services research and technology team in, in Rolls-Royce. So we develop new repairs, services, inspection techniques for the Rolls-Royce um, product portfolio, primarily uh, focused on 
several large engines. Brilliant. So I suppose I'll start with a question here of, did is this where you all expected to be at this point in your lives? And I suppose I don't mind who answers first, but what? how has your career kind of progressed to lead you to this point, if anybody wants to step up? So I guess I'll, I'll jump in then. So I guess my career has probably grown quite organically, really. I've not, um, not really jumped around into different roles all that much, I guess. Being more focused on a technical specialist career route um within the within the same team really there's been opportunities to um broaden and grow and and develop a sort of technical specialism in the sort of repair more additive welding side i guess for me personally although in our team we do do much broader range of you know projects as i mentioned earlier so from from sort of additive and welding type repairs through to inspections on in situ on wing um as well as uh, overhaul um and then developing services as well but um but yeah so i've just sort of gone from stage to stage taking on more responsibility i guess as as time has gone on and then found myself now i guess in, in the team lead role for the same team that i joined um 10 years ago now i guess once after actually where when i came off the graduate scheme at rolls royce so yeah i so i moved around in the as when I, was, when I was on the graduate scheme and then found where I wanted to be, I guess, at the, which allowed me to be at the forefront of developing new technologies, working with universities um, and doing, doing much more on the sort of researching side of things and then, and then sort of growing organically from, from there really. So maybe a little bit different to, to, to Kate and Sam. That's great, Martin. Thanks. I, I will get on to kind of how you started, I suppose, uh, on that graduate scheme. Uh, a little bit later on and maybe some tips there but Kate Sam what about yourselves um I'll probably say it's not as I expected within my career at Croda I'm probably not where I'd like to be but having looked back on it like um during my PhD my first year of my PhD was the first recession when in 2010 when I was finishing my PhD and looking for jobs it was the second recession the double dip recession so that's a really great time to be in the job market and looking so I appreciate that this might be quite relevant for those people who are looking for jobs and starting out right now it, I appreciate the difficulties that it is in that time um I have moved around within Crodus I started out as a formulation scientist and then I did a diploma in cosmetic science with them then I moved to the biopolymers division and I've done different courses with them to help improve my career prospects like I've done the Prince 2 um project management course and I'll admit there's probably been times when there was opportunities that I turned down that probably would have been better to progress me to where I wanted to be, whether that be just because I didn't think it fitted with my career ambitions at that point in time where stuff was going on in my personal life that meant I didn't feel like I could fully commit to it. But then I balanced it out with what I do with the Institute and like I'm somewhere where I'd never expect to be um, in my career there. So it's about swings around and balancing all out at the end of the day that yeah, I'm not where I'd like to be in my paid career, but within my volunteer work, I'm far exceeding where I ever expected to be. That's brilliant. That's an interesting balance. And Sam, how about you? Yeah, I, I think I am where I always wanted to be. I've taken maybe a very untraditional path to to that role, but from quite um from from my time at university as an undergraduate student, I decided from from that point onwards I wanted to go into academia and be an academic, and actually have. Uh, some sort of leadership role in in developing and and leading education within a university. So, I have found my way into that. 
that as a position and an area that I, that I wanted to work in. Um, but I have taken a slightly different path to the majority of people uh, in, in achieving that. Following my PhD, when I graduated in 2014, I then uh, went to work uh, for a few different companies, uh, worked for the National Nuclear Laboratory um, and went to work for Rolls-Royce uh, for a number of years before then transitioning back to university when when an opportunity opened up for me that, that I would have been you know, perfect to fit into. Um, so I didn't follow the normal kind of um, move around to a few different universities and do uh, research fellow or postdoc work um, in, in going onwards. But I think, yeah, I've ended up in where I kind of thought I'd, I'd like to be and, and taking on um, some educational leadership roles that largely we needed someone to step up to take on. Um, so kind of fell into some of them in, in a way which and just taken the opportunities as they presented themselves. Great. So for each of you, if we then start at that point when you took your step, your first steps into professional life, so from university, if you could talk to yourself from that point, what what piece of advice would you give? There's probably a few little pieces of advice I'd, I'd give myself. One would be to always look for opportunities and take opportunities when they arise and not necessarily to worry about whether they're a perfect fit for you. Uh, I think you'll rarely ever find something that's a perfect fit. Uh, if something's mostly got what you think you need and, and it's going to give you a, a, a good sense of what you want to do, I think just, just look for opportunities and try and take some that might be interesting. Um, People rarely stay in a job for 40 years anymore. And, and you know, you can move company and move job roles relatively easily now. Um, so that'd be probably the the one of the biggest bits of advice I'd, I'd give myself. But also have a bit of an idea about where you want to go and how you might want to achieve that as well. So have a, have a bit of a career plan um, so you're not always just falling into things. Thanks, Sam. Kate or Martin? My advice would be very similar to Sam's, actually. Very much about being open to opportunities as they come along. Um, I mean, certain things you can seek out and having a career plan is is good. I've, I've an idea of where you want to get to. But don't be too rigid about how you, you know, the path that you actually take to get there. I think it's uh, really important to realise because there's, there's so many permutations and, and, and ways of getting from sort of A to B or A to, a to Z and you know, all the other letters in between, if you like. Yeah, you know, when you talk to senior people at, at Rolls-Royce, for instance, there's no two that's had the same career path. So it's it's really important just, just to remember different roles, different opportunities will give you different perspectives, different opportunities, learning different lessons, broadening you out, you know, whether that be, like myself, I guess, at the minute I've taken on a more, more of a people leadership role, which I didn't really expect to do, given I was more on, focused on, a, on the technical career path. Um, but I'm I'm learning a hell of a lot in this role that are we valuable, even in the technical role. Where you, you know when you're younger or earlier on in your um, your career, you may not necessarily appreciate that. Um, so yeah, don't be don't be too rigid about the path that you think you need to go on, and and be open to the opportunities as they they come across you you come across them. Okay, so um, I will. I agree with everything that Sam and Martin said. Um, so I don't feel it's necessary to add anything more to that. Um, but my other pieces of advice would be to keep a record of your continued professional development because that's something that I didn't do for a long time and then 
really kicked myself when I was looking to apply for chartered engineer and chartered scientist. And also when you are looking for other jobs, it's good to have that record of the courses that you've done, whether it's been structured or something you've gone and done yourself. So it's really good to have that information to hand easily. I'd say don't be afraid to move jobs or careers more. Probably something that I should have considered a lot more but didn't. So I'd give that advice to myself going back. And I think lastly, really know your value. Look out, you know, assess what your um, experiences and knowledge and skill set is. Have a look and benchmark against what other companies are offering and weigh it up and consider the whole package as well because salary isn't everything. If you've got um, a company, if you really value your work-life balance, look at the holiday offerings as well as the salary, things like that, and work out what's best for you. That's great. Yeah. I mean, just to add to that, Kate, I think something which is that idea of record keeping of your professional development and then absolutely not underselling yourself and realizing the value of the activities that you've undertaken previously is something personally, which um, I wish I'd realized sooner because you will do stuff which you might think is, oh, it was just, you know, run of the mill, but somebody else will actually really, really value and learning to learning to sell those skills and those experiences is really, really important. Great. So I just want to I want to focus. Maybe hopefully not going to anything uh, any particularly dark patches in your lives, but we all struggle um, at various points, and very often uh, progressing through one's career can be a real a real source of stress and 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 pain. And I was just wondering if you have any particular tips, maybe from your own experiences, where there's been it doesn't have to be a major struggle, but when you've had to really overcome a professional hurdle and just I suppose tips in terms of how you do that because I know from personal experience and I'm sure you all do that there are there are things that happen either in your life in inside work outside work that impact your your job and sometimes you can get lost in actually overcoming it so I was just wondering if there's any tips here because and Kate you mentioned it earlier on given the current economic situation in in the country um yeah, life is not easy for everybody at the moment. So have you got any particular just tips on how you how you deal with adversity when you're progressing your career at the same time? I think the, the, the first thing that I guess I've learned and, and and has helped me through through some challenging times in previous roles is is really to learn to try and not take things personally. You know, not everything in a job is going to go swimmingly and be perfect and there are going to be times where you or people you're um, line managing make mistakes or errors and there's big problems to sort out um, or there are decisions in the company that you don't quite agree with um, but are being made for other reasons. And, you know, I think trying to, to separate your work life from your personal life can be challenging, but it's something that if you can learn and adapt to do, and, and not take work home with you in the sense of not not bringing the problems that you you have at work home you'll end up in a in a in a better place um i think that's one of the things that has helped me be be where i am now is to try and have that that break between what happens at work and what happens at home yeah absolutely vitally important martin did you want to add something to that yeah so again sam and i were and say similar things, I guess. But so I think there's a, there's a couple of different ways you could probably interpret that question. So there's the sort of the professional side of it where Sam's absolutely right. You know, you're going to get knockbacks. You're very unlikely not to experience knockbacks in your professional career. And it's very important not to take them personally. 
um, you know, just put yourself up, re, um, regroup and, and try again. Personal experience, I, I uh, the first uh, time I applied to Rolls-Royce, it was for a summer internship, which I got knocked back on. I didn't know I was unsuccessful. And the following year, it was actually time for me to try and find an, an internship that was going to be part of my degree course. And I nearly didn't apply at Rolls. And it was my now wife that said, try again. This They told you to, you know, you to uh, to try again in the future. And I was sort of ignoring that feedback, from, you know, from, from the previous time I went through the assessment. Um, anyway, I did listen to her, fortunately, and... Well, it's uh, it's led me to a to a career in in Rolls Royce that I'm very thankful about. Um, but yeah, if I took it personally and took it as a personal knock against me, which I nearly did, you know, I wouldn't be where I am today. Important not to take things personally, absolutely. But the other way of I think interpreting the question is more around the sort of work life balance, which Sam was just touching on then. And um, yeah, I think it's very important to to just talk about these things look for support you know and one benefit i think of everything that we've been through these last few years with with covid etc is that we have actually become much more open and accepting about talking about struggles anxieties um you know mental health and that's a real that's a real positive for me and you know so biggest message you know bit of advice i can give is you know if you're struggling you know talk talk to people reach out you probably find that people are much more understanding than you uh, you maybe think they're going to be. Completely agree with that, Martin. I second that wholeheartedly. And just quickly before Kate uh, Kate chimes in as well, uh, we get so used, particularly in the academic sphere in which Sam and I work, you only ever see people's successes formally. But behind all of that, there are plenty of failures along the way. Um, so Kate, sorry, did you want to add anything? Um, well, I'll just pick up from that. So, I, I mean, I was jotting down like the three real times I had adversity within my career and what advice I'd give and stuff like that. So I'll just pick up from Martin's point. Like, I think the communication that we have now about things is great, but don't feel that you always need to tell everyone everything. Either just the, so in 2019, I was going through a lot in my personal life and only my immediate team knew. Um, and they managed to keep it quiet for me and respected everything that was going on. And since then, I've I've speak about it really openly and what's happened and stuff. Um, but I couldn't do it at the time. I just needed to keep my head down. Um, it did affect my work. I'd be lying to say it wouldn't. Um, but a lot of people said, like, now that I talk about openly, they had no idea. Um, so I think one big piece of advice is always be kind. Because just so um, I, I do say in career starts, like 2019, if you looked out from it externally, was we'd say it was a brilliant year for me. But actually, personally, it was hell. So the the things that all the, the successes that everyone see would be like, oh yeah, that was brilliant. Why it was like they were just small like blips of goodness in a, in a year of badness over essentially. So I'd really advise people to be kind to others. And yeah, I'd say value your mental health as well. So at the start of my PhD, I probably would have said I'm going to go be a postdoc. I'm going to get into academia, but um, it really. Um, ran the mill with me in my PhD and by the time I got out of it I was like you know what I could do that but it's going to cost me a lot in terms of mental health it probably cost me the relationship I was in at the time and I wouldn't have had a work-life balance and I stopped and had a conversation with myself and I was like yeah that probably was what you wanted to achieve when you started but it's not right for you now so look elsewhere and 
don't be afraid to do something different because you realize it's not right or wasn't what you set out to do originally and then I'd say in work as well so my third one um, there was a work situation where I had to really advocate for myself and push things forward so that's where my know your value comes from earlier um but one thing I'd say is always take emotion out of it. The situa- there's times in work where it's really, really hard not to, but you have to take a step back, take all the emotion out of it and present the facts as they are, not how you feel they should be. Yeah, great. Re- uh, that was an eye-opening, actually, from all three of you. Really good. And I think I'll follow on, Kate, what you've said there really nicely ties in with, I think, what will probably be my last question. Um, this, I- this idea of, I think, I'm a big advocate of the power of self-reflection. And sometimes when you're in the moment, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, sometimes you don't realize it. And it's only after the fact that you personally, something that I've learned to do is reflect on it in order to actually ascertain what what really went on. And I think linked to that, my question then is, we're talking about taking your career to the next level. Is the next level a kind of a step change and that is obviously very easily measurable. Say, for example, if you get a promotion and you get, you know, you get that dream job that you were going for, that you fought so hard for, or is actually it about a steady progression um, through your career? And I suppose my question for you all then is, are there any moments that particularly where you were like, yes, I, um, I did kind of take my career to the next level and that was that was a good moment for me in, in my career for me it was when i was nominated to become vice president of the institute that was something i when i um, joined what was then the ymc many many years ago now i'm not going to admit how many years it is um when i started on that journey i'd never expected to become chair of it and then to where i am now senior vice president and being president as of first of january um, in 2023 so that was a huge moment for me and the skills and experience that I've gained across the time it's only like you say when you so you have to stop and take a step back at times and be like actually I've gained a lot here and there's probably times where I do undersell the experience and knowledge that I've gained through um, the IOM3 so I'd really suggest that people if you're struggling and wondering how to make that next step up really look at the volunteer work you can do to get that skills and experience if you're not able to get it within your standard career path brilliant yeah absolutely many i mean obviously we've all we've all in a way made use of iom3 in that respect and i think we'd all agree that it's been very very helpful uh martin or sam yeah so i just pick up on um what kate was saying then it sort of goes back a little bit to what i was saying at the start about being open to opportunities as well isn't it that you know you may not get to where you want to get to through the most direct means and certainly volunteer work and being open to that experience which fortunately I was as 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 Kate and Sam have been um you know you develop different skills and then you they then translate into the day job and make you a a a stronger employee stronger person you know um in in that respect a more a more rounded uh employee and individual um but I guess, yeah, going back to your, your previous you know, first part of your question, I guess, around the uh, whether it's a step change in terms of going to the next next level in your career or whether it's more incremental, I guess it can be both, can't it? I think I described a more incremental journey. 
I would argue Sam has perhaps had a more step change journey, certainly going from industry to academia um, and uh, sort of mixing it up much more than I have. Maybe I'm a little bit boring in, <laughs> in comparison in uh, how my career has gone from one level to the next. Um, so, again, just be open to uh, to the possibilities, I guess. Keep, you, keep your eyes out and your ears out for the opportunities. Um, and then whether they are more incremental or, or step change, I think just isn't partly down to the person, partly down to the, uh, to the situation and partly down to luck as well. You know, so again, it's, everybody's going to be different, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. No, Martin, you've hit the nail on the head there. And I think it's just about probably recognizing how, how, what the, what the, the path and the progress of your career actually is and being able to characterize that sam yeah so so i think martin martin's touched a little bit on my my I guess my career being a bit of choppy and, and up and down in in a way and a bit of a step change between industry and academia i think i took quite a risk in moving from quite a stable quite a good job uh at rolls royce uh one that had um good career progression, uh, very safe job at the time. Um, to go back into academia and take a, um, a fixed-term contract role um, on a lower salary, to try and break into academia and take a take a change there. And, and that change um, was quite a big risk at the time. Um, it's a risk that's kind of paid off and one that was, I would say, was calculated. Um but a lot of the work I did at the Institute um, had really prepared me uh, for some of the challenges I'd face um, and really exposed me to a different level of, of conversations. Um, the, the conversations that you have as a chair of these, these committees take on a, a completely new level and a new uh, background to what you've probably been exposed of before you know having having meetings uh when i sat in the first executive board meeting with with kate at the, the time um and the rest of the executive board that was a very different experience to one i'd ever seen before and those experiences have have put me in a really good place to further my career and and, and go on brilliant yeah absolutely thank you all three of you that was great okay so that was the uh I think the end of the bulk of the questions. So before I wrap up, I'm going to put you on the spot and uh, you've obviously given quite in-depth answers. I'd just like you to really focus now. You gave some advice in terms of that transition from studenthood to a professional career. In terms of, you know, to help people progress their career and I suppose take ownership of it and build it in something that they want. In as few words as possible, what is the one piece of advice that you would give to somebody? I'd give two pieces of advice. Uh, get a mentor. Get someone in a position uh, above you in a in a company, either in the company that you're working in or outside of it. Use them to help uh, progress your career. That would be my my biggest piece of advice. Thanks, Sam. So I'd give two. I think it's things that I've touched upon already. So, like I said, keep a really good CPD record. Um, it'll help you with your CV. And if you then choose to become chartered in the future, you will have a good record to go from there. So um, that would be one piece of advice. And like I said, 
if you're not getting the skills and experience that you want to progress your career within your company, look outside for volunteer work. Because um, like as Sam just pointed out previously, that, and we've all said like the skills experience we've gained have translated into our work life. We've been able to negotiate better. Um, being trustees of charities, like that's a huge responsibility for um, our age group as well. And having that level of responsibility and being able to demonstrate a range of skills that isn't from the work environment. And I'm not saying I'm not saying to everyone, right, go on ahead and come and have a volunteer role at the IOM for it. Great if you did. But you know, there's there's sports charities, there's a huge net range of networks out there that you could go and do volunteer work in to highlight those skills and it'll give you something different on your C V that might make you stand out from another candidate. Yeah, absolutely. I second that wholeheartedly. Martin. So I'd say Put yourself out there, get out of your comfort zone, you know, look for those opportunities. Um, don't be afraid to take them and and try, you know, enjoy what you're doing. And if you're not enjoying what you're doing, look to make some changes. Very good. Yeah, completely. That's why I say to my students all the time, make sure that you're studying something that you enjoy. And I think that's where it that's where it begins. Um, and if you can make a career out of something you enjoy, you're doing very, very well. Brilliant. Okay, Sam, Martin, thank you all very much for your for your insights there. That's been, I think, a, a really insightful conversation. And I hope for everybody listening, it's been really useful as well. So just a few things that were mentioned throughout the conversations around, for example, keeping a CPD record, finding a mentor, and working towards chartered status, whether it be chartered engineer, chartered environmentalist, chartered scientist, all of those things and much more, IOM3 can help you with. As a member there are, for example, you can keep a CPD record. There is a tool to help you search for a mentor. And we host many Roads to Chartership events, which actually help you along that path and demystify the process somewhat. So as a member, if you're not already, if you are a student or somebody early in your career, please make sure that you're a member of the Student Early Career Group. We are there, myself, Amy Goodall as chair currently, and all the committee members are there to represent student and early career members. So please do get in touch if there is if there are events that you'd like to see and if you've got any ideas for what we could do in the future to support student and early career members. Thank you very much once again for listening and hopefully see you soon. information about us visit iom3.org or to keep up to date with our latest news follow us on social media using at iom3 on twitter and at the institute of materials minerals and mining on linkedin if you're interested in our upcoming podcasts or want to get involved please subscribe to hear more from us through apple google podcasts or spotify 